The Solid 7 Podcast is fueled by Jocko Go. Engineered for anyone who wants to get after it in life, pre-meeting, pre-testing, pre-negotiation, or pre-mission. If you're looking for an extra cognitive or physical edge, Jocko Go is your force multiplier. With 95 milligrams of caffeine and zero sugar, the keto-friendly Jocko Go will give you a physical and cognitive boost without the crash that you experience with average energy drinks. Visit JockoFuel.com today, and you can use our promo code SOLID7, that's S-O-L-I-D-7, to get 10% off your order. Get on the path and get after it. Oh, and because lawyers exist, these statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration, and this product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Welcome back to a solid seven podcast, a better than average podcast, if I do say so myself. And I do. You do. Uh, I'm your host, Kale. And uh, each week, uh, I invite a guest to get together with me here on the podcast and talk about whatever is going on in the world that interests us. And this week, we have podcasts, solid seven podcast, regular, nay, favorite, our own resident professor, Rebecca Strangarity. Welcome back, Becca. Thanks for having me, Kale. Thanks for having me, Solid 7. Stoked to be here, as always. This is like our, uh, um, there was a, a, a hint of sarcasm there that I didn't appreciate, but we'll, we'll talk about that later. Um, okay. This is like yes. our first, this is like our first, uh, well, it's not our first remote. I guess I've had the podcast on the road before. Like we, we podcasted from Sandlot Jacks and, and a few different, mm-hmm. and I've gone up to uh, basically all the road stuff typically revolves around Go Ruck now that I'm saying it out loud. No, no, no. I went to Tampa. For Sarah, that was kind of go ruck tangential. So, anyways, point being, we like to not exclusively, but when Becca's on the podcast, it's fun for us to get updates on the adventure that is modern dating, and uh, we have upped the ante for this podcast. Normally, Becca is telling us about like adventures in the dating apps and some of the interesting messages that she gets. Becca, where are you? Uh, where are you calling in from this time? I. I'm actually on a date as I'm talking to you. <laughs> and th- this is not just any date. This isn't like you're you're ringing us up between the movie and dinner or dinner and a movie or whatever order those go in. <laughs> you're on like a a 48-hour wedding date. Yeah, yeah. So it's true. So um, this is probably date seven or eight. Um, you'll get to talk to the boy in a few minutes. And we had a wedding and it's an Indian wedding. So it's all weekend long. Um, so we are two of probably six white people and about 400 Indians. All right. Now this is, this is proper Indian, not native American. Yeah. This okay. is from the country of India, Indians. And, uh, there is all night, uh, events last night, this morning, this afternoon. And we have an event, uh, this evening. So we had a, we slipped out to get some American food and coffee and uh, get some new outfits for the boy. And he's walking up right now. So listeners, so when you hear a car door, Becca's literally sitting in this dude's car right now. That's right. Literally sitting in the car. But so, yeah, uh, modern dating is interesting and uh, Indian weddings, super fun. Nothing is in English. So the whole ceremony this morning, Sanskrit talking about modern dating and how fun it is to uh we're doing it right now we're doing it we're, 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 yeah. this is 
the boys. Welcome, welcome to the Solid Seven Podcast. This will be fun, at least for us. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. We did. We're on the air. We're yeah, live. Yeah, no, this is, it's happening right now. This is real life. So, yeah, Becky, you told me you, that you guys were out at this wedding, and all I've pictured ever since is um, the, uh, the Diwali Wally. episode of The Office, yeah. Yeah, which is a great episode. It is similar-esque. A lot of shoes coming off, a lot of dancing, um, a lot of aunties. I think everybody there, besides the two of us, is a medical doctor. Is that fair? Is that accurate? It's pretty accurate, yeah. Yeah. Um... Um, but yeah, so, um, any other, any other questions you have, Kale? Oh, there's so many questions, but let's start with, I mean, I'll give you credit. Normally I roast Becca a little bit for, while while she is, um, probably our most frequent guest, not, not a supporter. And I like to give her a hard time for that. Um, but, uh, obviously, you know, such is Becca's dedication to the podcast that she's calling in both from a, a wedding and a date simultaneously, so we'll, we'll lay off that a little bit, but I'm going to assume that your dedication didn't go so far as to take Jocko Goes with you just in case, Becca. To be honest with you, I drank one on the drive to the wedding yesterday so I could wake up, and I wanted us to find a Wawa, but I told you that we don't have the Wawas, and I didn't bring any with me because I didn't know I was doing this yesterday when I left for this wedding. That's... So we don't have Jocko Goes. I've been trying to get him into Jocko Goes I don't know that it's. Yeah. It's on the bucket list. Right. It's on the bucket list. So. And aiming real high with the bucket list. <laughs> so well, like, that's that that's fair. I I have mine here. I will I will crack and toast for everyone involved. Especially, it's okay <laughs> knowing that there's probably still Jocko Go in your system from the one yesterday. So True. Becca is still uh, on the path. I gotta tell you, Bex. Okay, listen, listeners, the old math is is wrong it doesn't hold up anymore um these new improved flavors of jocko go have changed the game mango no longer number one still delicious absolutely however not only is it now behind at least sour apple sniper which is fantastic it is pure liquid sour green apple jolly rancher at this point but thanks to it eric i got my hands on a pink mist lemonade and it is phenomenal is it yes is excellent so when i was out west one of your patreon supporters gabe shout out to him he uh we had dinner with him one night when i was doing this cross-country road trip and he uh gave me three for the road which was so sweet and one of them was their the arnold palm like palmer the iced tea yes. lemonade i didn't love it it, it was the old flavor but i think that was the first time i'd had a jocko that i didn't love along with that i i'm switching gears slightly because i got the jocko greens after you did the interview with what's his name that was incredible and they were fantastic here's what I agree. I, I did the same thing. Like I was already on the path, but I hadn't tried the greens before Brian was on. I tried them afterwards. Right. Yes, listeners, this is the obligatory weekly Jocko fuel commercial. Uh, but I got the greens. They are excellent. They do taste better than we'll just say the other big name brand that's out there. Yes, and, a thousand percent. Now here's and, go, go ahead. well, here's what I've been doing because the greens are like a, a coconut pineapple flavor, and I'd say that's not strong, but it's there. But what I've been doing, and I can't remember if I've shared this on the podcast yet or not. 
You mix it with the vanilla and it's life-changing. Well, I do. I've been going a little more tropical with it. So I do. Do the liquid of your choice, water, milk, uh, you know, nut juice, whatever, because it's not milk. Um, eight, Eight ounces of that. A scoop of banana cream bomber. Oh, okay. Jocko Greens, tablespoon of peanut butter. And some MCT oil, if you're into that, it is fantastic. Well, you got a wow it's, from the board. Yeah, I, th- yeah, I think I'm going to call that the Solid 7 smoothie. I think that's what that is now. Okay, okay. That's crazy. I've been mixing it with their uh, vanilla protein. Um, we found a Wawa. Is this going to happen live? Okay, listen. This is going to be horrible podcast audio, but the phone has to go in with you. And you have to stay on the call. This has to be the first live Jocko Go purchase on the podcast. Okay. Well, we're doing it. He says we're doing it, so we're doing it. All right. Um, I'm excited about this now. We love Jocko Go. I love it. I've been trying to get him to have one for a while. So. This will be it. This is it. You and you. Live on the air. My not first. only you, Kale, but Solid 7 listeners are going to share this moment with us. This is incredible. Yeah. Now, of course, listeners, you you can share this same experience. Now, you can stop in a Wawa, you can stop in a in a vitamin shop, or mm-hmm. you can you can take the superior action and go to jockofuel.com and load up on your greens, your Jocko Fuel, um, your krill oil, your joint warfare, your cold warfare, uh, all the phenomenal supplements, bulk, which is the what we've been talking about is their uh, protein supplement that's fantastic. And then you yes. use our promo code, S-O-L-I-D-7, Solid7, and you get 10% off. And they show they show us some love. That's all. It's perfect. That's the way to do it. It's the way to I've do it. I've been doing almost a year. I've been using the discount code. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. It's life-changing. All right. We're going inside. Live broadcast from Wawa. <laughs> a live broadcast from Wawa. Here we go. Uh, what else is new in your life, Kale? Uh, well, you know, a, a really kind of the same thing that's new in your life, which is, I think the listeners know, in my mild-mannered day job, uh, I work for for a school. And so, of course, it's been back-to-school season, which is always very busy. And uh, you've been on that flow as well, I've seen. Yes. Yes. All of my kids moved in yesterday, which is super fun. Super crazy. They're all scared. You know, the parents are scared to send them away to school. The audio is going to be terrible. No, it's glorious. I love it. This is how you know it's real. You heard the bell ring on the door. You hear the music in the background. This isn't fake. This this wasn't planned. This is purely spontaneous. There it is. Ooh, we got the new improved flavor. The camera to the, to the... No, because they... Ooh, we're getting one of these. This is the new improved flavor. Okay. And then do you want a mango one? Okay, what, what do they got, though? List them off for us. We have we have the mango, we have the watermelon, orange, which isn't the new flavor, the pineapple coconut, which Tropic Thunder new improved flavor, okay. and we have the black cherry vanilla new improved flavor. Now listen, the new improved Tro- Tropic Thunder is legit. Yeah, that's what we have one of those. And then do we get the new improved watermelon or mango or you want this? I, okay, he he's chosen the next one. Yeah. So that's fine. I would I mean I would say both, but you do you. Okay, he wanted the black cherry vanilla. Okay, now, Brian, if you're if you're listening, I I threw a lot of shade at Dak Savage while okay. I was on 
the podcast with Brian Littlefield, who listeners, if you haven't listened to that, go back to episode 772. It's fantastic. But Brian is a, a co-founder and the chief product officer uh, for Jocko Fuel. So he develops all of these. Now, we're nothing on this podcast, if not intellectually honest. And I told him, more or less, I couldn't stand Dak Savage. It hurts my heart. It's named for Dakota Meyer. He's a Marine. He's a Medal of Honor winner. I want to love Dak Savage. And yeah. I finally got my hands on a new, improved Dak Savage this week. And now listen, I've been raving about the new flavors right now. I don't like the new Dak Savage. You just don't like that flavor then. I've had, some, I've had some people that love it. I think it's just not my bag. Mike Redacted, another podcast regular. He's he's okay. about that life. Um, Chris Arroyo podcast regular about that life. They love the Dak Savage. So don't knock it based on my take, but it's just still not my bag. Now, I also gave him a hard time for watermelon, which I always wanted to love. And the water, I, the watermelon is is better. It is both new and improved. So I love the watermelon original. So I'm sure I'll love it even more now. We'll try them outside so you can hear our. What have your go to's been? Water is it typically watermelon? It's our first time trying this. Okay, here we go. Uh, go to is always mango, and then watermelon and orange. Those are my faves. Jordan, I don't want to put too much pressure on this moment, but if you don't like this, this relationship's over, my friend. You can't keep seeing me. I just want to keep it real. No pressure. No, none whatsoever. Wow, it's good. All right. It's really you. He went with the the Dak Savage. This is a Dak Savage, yeah. black cherry, and vanilla, and it's phenomenal. Really? Yeah. Oh I found God. my new go-to. That's fantastic. Try that one. Becca, what'd you try? I had the Tropic Thunder, and I loved it's it. It's so good, right? I'm definitely going to go with this one. Yeah. Black cherry. The Dak Savage is not bad to me, but I like the tropical stuff. Yeah. Is your life... No, your I, life is. I, actually, I'm seeing the world now in a whole new light. Blues are blue, <laughs> blues are bluer, greens are greener. Yeah. Like where have I been this whole time? Yeah. You're welcome. You're welcome. And yeah. she's been telling me about it. And of course, we have no Wawa's where I live, but right. not close by. But, uh, but right. But I mean, I have it now. You, I mean, you got you have internet though, right? I mean, we do have the internet. He has the internet where he lives. Yeah. Although he does live in the middle of nowhere. Uh. Which is kind of why it took forever for us to meet. I think we talked for three weeks, four weeks before we actually met. A, a bunch of weeks. It's modern dating. All right. Well, now that everybody's fueled up, now that everybody's on the path, Becca, you've been on like a cross-country tour preschool. Uh, it's been amazing. So I had a girlfriend who was finishing her residency out in Oregon, which is a state you and I love. Yes. And I flew out. I want to be very clear. I like the topography. <laughs> whatever. Yeah. Hey, you, you and him over here, you know, conservatives, whatever. So I flew out, uh, visited a bunch of friends from my church out there when I lived there. And then we drove back. But we decided to do all the national parks. So we were camping out. We were camping in Glacier, Yellowstone, Grand Tetons. So incredible. Uh, we switched to Airbnbs when we got to South Dakota because it was over it was 110 and we just didn't want to be tent camping yeah. when it was, let's be honest. Saw lots of black bears, a couple grizzlies, tons of elk, tons of moose. Uh, it was so fun. 
it's just gorgeous. It's stupid, beautiful out there. Didn't you roll up on several of these animals having no idea how dangerous they were? Yeah, thankfully, not thankfully, thankfully, we only knew to be concerned for the grizzly bears. So we had our bear spray. Both of us had bear spray, which we did have to use once. But I didn't realize that moose are dangerous. Nobody's told me. So this moose was like 10 feet away from us. Yeah, he says common sense, whatever. He's, you should be used to that if you're hanging out with me. And this moose just walks right to us, walks right past us. We have the video. Uh, thankfully, he didn't attack us. Um, we saw tons of rams that we were very, very close to, and their horns are very scary. Tons of buffalo on the road, and you kind of have to pass. Yeah. You can't stop. So yeah, one time we had a, a black bear that we were walking on a trail like eight miles in. Well, at that point, we were probably like four miles in back up in the Grand Tetons and literally six feet off the trail. It just popped up. And I, I screamed. It was I was in front and it was by me. So I start, I screamed, Lydia, help. And like got out the bear spray and it starts walking towards me. So I start backing up. Of course, I tripped on the trail because there's so many roots. And so the bear spray released. Um, and then she had, she, yeah. So anyways, it didn't uh, kill us, thankfully. But we had a system. She's, a, you know, she's a medical doctor. So we decided that if we ran into bears, we would get them to attack me because she could keep me alive. Okay. And she's a faster runner. So that was the decision that we made ahead of time. If something happened, we'd get them to go after me. Because if she was attacked, I would be like, you know, sorry, babe. You're just off on your own. It's a, it's a solid plan. I thought it was a solid plan. Yeah. Logical. Yeah, it's very logical. I'm very logical. It was. Uh, no, <laughs> people uh, underestimate moose, mises. I don't know. Last week's guest, uh, Robbie, would have known the right word. For the, right. the right plural for moose, but I think it's uh, or, or singular it's moose, one moose or ten moose. Yeah, no, <laughs> we all know Jordan, but it's not funny if I act like I know that. You got then you don't get to say Mises. Mooses. You got to You got yes. to you got to roll with the stick here, man. Oh yeah, it's okay. It's it's you know you're you're a podcast rookie. It'll come along. It's all right. I know. So, but in, until you're up close, which you can appreciate now, people don't understand how large they really are. They're 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 over a thousand pounds. These are four figure if, four figure animals. If you come across a male, they have a massive uh, rack uh, of antlers, and uh, they're they're ornery. They're not polite, and they're dangerous. Yeah. Yeah, and the worst. Which Rebecca didn't know. Yeah, I didn't know, and I'm glad I didn't because I would have probably been pooping my pants if i knew and Two it was that close to me by a moose, by Mises. yeah yeah it's no it's no good it's no good at all so yeah favorite favorite stop oh glacier hands down i think uh hiking uh grinnell which is this 11 mile hike yeah grinnell glacier was just the most incredible hike i've ever done glacier was incredible it's a dream Biggest letdown? I don't, 
I would say Mount Rushmore, but I Oh, you better elaborate right now. <laughs> I know, Kale's in love with the presidents. It, I, I knew that ones. it was going to be small. So, but just seeing it, so I, I don't think it was a letdown because I prepared myself for it to be very small. If I wouldn't have been prepared for it to be small. Rushmore last night. Mount Rushmore. Oh, okay. And, um... Yeah, so I think also Crazy Horse was so underwhelming and they've been working on it for 70 years. I will say Yellowstone as a whole, I wasn't really into. I don't love the geological stuff and it smelled like rotten eggs because of all the sulfur. Right. So, but I also, I anticipated Yellowstone being my least favorite. So that was also kind of not a surprise. Didn't it help that when we were there, it was in the low 40s and we didn't have enough clothes. So we were freezing and it was raining and we couldn't see like the big springs we wanted to see. So probably I'm just complaining right now yeah. and I sound selfish millennial. What? My life is first world problems. First world. Yeah. Whether at any kind of real elevation, any kind of legitimate elevation is a, is a different game. Like it changes on a dime. It can get much colder than you think it can be. It can be much hotter than you think it would be. The UV right. is different when it is sunny. The like the sun will straight burn you to a crisp. There's none of this like, oh, I'm at a Florida beach. I can get away with 20, 30 minutes before I put sunblock on. No, no. It's different when you're at elevation. And uh, it just comes on. I remember when we were uh, hiking the, the Rockies out in Colorado a few years ago, uh, you know, where at one time, like, all my layers are off except my base layer, and I'm still sweating, and we got snowed on on that same hike. So it's like having right. the right gear and the equipment to manage it and be able to move with it is the key. And if you can't, it can just be miserable. Oh, yeah. And our our, can't, our, our tent where we camped in Yellowstone, do you remember how high the elevation was when you told me? I, I, couldn't, get, I couldn't get internet, but I could text him because he doesn't have an iPhone, loser. So all my messages would go Came through. To an advantage this time. Yeah, it was to an advantage this time because I couldn't text my family. But do you remember you looked it up? I forget what it was. It was like 75, 8,000 feet. So we were, yeah, we were at like 8,000 feet. Yeah. And it, it's just stupid cold. It was so cold. So how would you rate it compared to Pack Northwest hiking? Because I've never done, like, I loved, uh, you know, like hiking Colorado, being up in the Rockies. Uh, we didn't quite summit, but we got, we were north of 13,000 feet on one of the 14s. I mean, we did some legit hiking and it still it, didn't measure up to pack Northwest to me. I mean, the hiking around Portland is just, I am spoiled and I loved Glacier was incredible. The hiking there, the, the yeah, I, I would say maybe it's a different type of hiking. Like there was a trail in Glacier that felt like a rainforest, just like Portland did. Um, yeah, hard to say. But I would do Glacier than probably Pacific Northwest um, in that order. Yeah. Wow, that's big. I, I think so. I think because Glacier was really diverse as far as the lakes and the type of trees... So you had kind of multiple ecosystems going on. Yeah. So that was really, um, I like that. I'll say, you know, like for, for the listeners, you know, 
as much as I love hiking in the outdoors, it's something we haven't hit on on the podcast a lot ever, really. But it enjoy like really truly enjoying it and enjoying it safely really is all about the gear. It is one of those areas of life where you really do get what you pay for and paying for good stuff's going to keep you safer and give you much more enjoyment outdoors. And I'll, and I'll give a specific example that I think you'll appreciate. When we went to the Pack Northwest, Becca was living up there, but she wasn't in town. She left a little guidebook for us, like 52 hikes in 52 weeks or something like that around the Portland area. And we went and hit this one hike, and it was like the Salmon River or Old Salmon River. There were two trails. We stopped by um, the ranger office before we went out, and the guy staffing the desk actually tried to talk us out of that one. And it was a really wet day, as often happens in the Pacific Northwest. And uh, he's like, oh, you don't want to do that one. It's not well-trafficked. It's it's whatever. But we had good gear. We had stuff to stay dry without overheating from from head from head to toe. Uh, and that's key when you're out in weather is making sure that you can stay dry. Whether it's hot, you want something that's wicking. If it's cold, you want something that's going to hold the heat in, but let moisture out if you're sweating, which happens when, when you hike. And so the things that will do that cost more money. You're not necessarily just going to go grab a windbreaker from Walmart or get your tent or your sleeping bag from Walmart and and go enjoy austere conditions. But we went out right. on that hike that day. We had that trail to ourselves where there's some elevation, we're hiking right along the river. It was the fall. There's all these shades of leaves in the trees and on the ground. And I'm telling you, we had it to ourselves. I don't think we saw anybody else that whole day. And it was just because we had the right gear for it. Of all the things we did, it was probably our favorite hike. And we did some stuff that's more acclaimed or more touristy. We did Multnomah, which you uh, stopped by Multnomah, I saw recently. Uh, yes. but, uh, that hike, man. And it was all, we had Columbia is what it was. We had good breathable Columbia rain jackets. Um, we had shoes that would do well if they got wet and it just made all the difference and it kept everybody else off the trails. It was lovely. It's true. Gear makes all the difference. We were talking about that the other day because he's thinking of doing some big mountains or big trip next year. So we were chatting about gear and it really matters. It changes everything. Yeah. So but now you're how so how far did you go like you just went you were out on the west coast and you just everything you could hit on the way back to pa or what was the trip yeah so we did portland to glacier which is about eight and a half hours nine hours glacier for a few days drove eight hours down to the tetons uh drove an hour up to yellowstone then it's eight and a half hours from yellowstone to devil's tower and the black hills and we were there for a little bit, uh, did the Black Hills. Uh, the Badlands was incredible. Mount Rushmore, uh, Custer State Park. And then we had a really long driving day from Sioux Falls to Ohio. It was like 13 hours driving that day. And then our last day was just seven hours back to Pennsylvania. Just... Devil's Tower seem as fake in person as it does in pictures. It looks manufactured. It looks like it shouldn't exist. I know. It looks super fake in photos. It is a really unique experience. It doesn't look fake, but it looks like, what the heck is this? Because it's yeah. so fake. It's just there. Yeah. I don't wish you could see my hands right now. And fake, fake was poor vocabulary. Unna- unnatural. It does not look like a, a natural feature. It doesn't. It's very, it was great for, you know, encounters of the third kind because it really 
makes you think it's otherworldly. So we were out in, um, when we were in South Dakota was while, where they have, uh, their big bike Sturgis bike rally, uh-huh. which is the bike rally in the U S right. Is it, yeah. it's, it's Sturgis is bigger than Daytona. Yes. Yeah. He's been to Daytona a few times and this is larger and there are so many bikers and it's just interesting. The biker vibe. I'll just say that. Yes. That's the uh, politically correct way to say it's, that. It's, it's its own thing. And there's, there's a large portion of that crowd you really need to watch your P's and Q's around because they do not play by the same rules as the rest of us. They don't. They're very nice. I have to be honest. Everybody we interacted with, super polite, but they looked like they were going to kill me constantly. I was, I was more afraid of them than the bears, which is maybe says something about me. I didn't know what it says. (laughs) Yeah. No, and I don't think they make biker spray. So you got to be careful there. True. It's true. It's true. But you're you're, you're back home. You're prepping for school. When does school start? Are they? they... Nice. Yeah, so two more days. The kids will start. I have two classes right now. And then in the second half of the semester, I'll pick up two more. So it should be a little easier this first, these first eight weeks for me, which will be nice. And yeah, I'm really excited. My team, we have a full team. Finally, we had some new hires this summer, which is awesome. I'll speak in chapel a few times again this fall, which is always exciting that they asked me. And yeah, I'm I'm stoked classes this fall it's going to be good i think yeah for for the new listeners which we've we've had some uh some big guests in in the interim since your last visit here with us on the sauce of a podcast and uh attracted some new ears so so for the newbies rebecca that wasn't uh, a joke in the intro you are a legitimate professor and department chair at a at a college up there in uh i'm not the department chair my bad just take you don't have to just just let it ride you don't need to correct me I don't. That's a 12-month contract, and I like having my 10-month contract and having my summers off. So don't promote me, please. That's fair. I, I direct a program, and um, I'm a professor. Yeah, it's pretty exciting, pretty crazy. You have had some huge names. Yeah. I don't say I'm the favorite anymore. I'm not my own favorite anyways. I, I think that's shifted. Well, it, you know, yeah, we, we've had some big names. It's been a lot of fun. Uh, Robbie Kroger from Blood Origins last week was a phenomenal guest. I'm actually going to be on their podcast. I don't know when it's going to air, uh, but I'm recording with them at the end of September. So looking forward to uh, awesome. recording with Robbie and Cody, and that'll be a fun, a lot of fun. And of course, uh, Fran Rachopi from the Jedberg podcast the week before that. And uh, then the order of events starts, you, know, you go out more than 14 days and the order of events really starts to fall apart for me. But, uh, you know, uh, we had, of course, Allie Rogers from uh, Young Americans Against Socialism on at Becca's uh, I mean recommendation is soft really insistence uh, I did insist and yeah. I stand by the episode was incredible she's so knowledgeable she's a little spitfire and I wanted you to have her and you finally did so thank you it was a great episode yeah. I loved it and uh, and shortly after listeners if you haven't found it Ali started a podcast with a friend of hers called The Current Conservative so they're, they're two three episodes in now 
So go find that and uh, and check it out if you haven't already. But uh, so catching the new the new listeners up here now. Are you excited about? I I assume all your professors will get raises this year. Yeah, I think that was part of the package of, uh, I, I'm pretty sure Biden said when they were eliminating everyone's student debt, all professors were getting raises. So I, I'm pretty stoked yeah. for that. I know you're so stoked about that. You want to give us your hot takes? I'm not sure what kind of format this is. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I just assume that if people aren't going to have to pay back their student loans, um, that all of our, our institutions of higher education will of course be raising tuition because why, why wouldn't you, why wouldn't be people, why wouldn't people be willing to pay more if they can just borrow more and not pay it back? That sounds like a great idea. There's nothing to keep them in check now at this point. If it would continue, this is a one-time deal. First of all, I mean, I know we're being facetious right now. If this stands in court, I would be surprised because he doesn't have the authority to say this. Number one. Number two, it makes me so vehemently angry. It increases inflation. And I busted my butt for three years to pay off my school loans. Eating terrible food, living in crappy apartments, because that's what you do. Yes. You know? And it took me about, it was two and a half years about till I paid everything back to be debt-free. And I don't like that my taxes are now going to other people's irresponsibility. It makes me really angry. I don't think it matters what side of the aisle you fall on. It doesn't solve the underlying problems that exist in higher education. So I think it's fair to say it's a posturing move for uh, November. Oh, of course it's posturing. It's a vote. Yeah. It's a vote by, and it's one that wins with a certain subset of society, no matter what, because you're well, absolutely, you're absolutely, well, we, we lost you there for a second. What was that? I, I said, correct. It pulls very well in a, in a certain, um, in a certain sector of voters. So, well, well, it's it's win win for the for the collectivists. If you're if you're into personal responsibility, it's a lose lose. They're betting that there's more people that are into collectivism, and that um, you know we're we're all in this we're all in this together. All right, well, I'll send you my uh, electric bill for all in this together. But it's if it if it stands, it shouldn't. There's there's no forget the constitutional authority. There's no legislative authority for this. You know, even you. Take a standard lower than constitutional, and it's doubly so because there there's no authority for the government to be in the business of loaning money for student loans anyway. So it's twice removed at the very least from from the Constitution. Um, but when I say it's it's a win win for them for the collectivists, if it stands, it's an obvious vote by. If it, if it gets struck down, it's going to be, well, we wanted to forgive it for you, but those mean conservatives or those mean Republicans wouldn't yes. let us. Exactly. Now, what I think they're underestimating is the rest of the country who's not getting loan forgiveness that's going to be thoroughly ticked off at around the $2,100 per family that this is going to cost. One time. That's not if it's ongoing. That's the one-time cost, and that's the low end of the estimate. 
So, you know, if you're out there and you're a heavy machine operator or you're a master plumber or a master carpenter or you started your own business or you're a welder and you don't have student debt and you learned a, a trade instead um, or you worked your tail off to pay your way through school or to pay your loans off after the fact, um, you know, it's just a hearty screw you. Correct. Yeah. And then it doesn't solve any problem. It doesn't actually solve the problem of high interest rates, uh, degrees that don't lead to jobs, high tuition cost, universities not being in check on their spending. It solves none of those problems. It's putting a Band-Aid on a on a big flesh wound and it looks cool and it sounds cool. Like you said, it buys votes, but it, it doesn't actually solve anything. Well, it's, there's there's a lot of, uh, you know, my my two cents while I have it until I have to pay for somebody else's tuition. Uh, but but my two cents is there's a lot of factors in the issue with student loans. Uh, and, but the real underlying factor is the student loan system as it exists at this point. Anyways, easy money for school is far and away the largest contributing factor to why tuition rates are out of control, to why they have so greatly outpaced um, it, any industry in expense, uh, any industry in, in inflation. Every- yeah, the easier it has gotten to borrow money for school, the more colleges have charged because people will just go borrow more because it's easier to get to. You can't discharge it. You can't bankrupt your way out of it. But what what does annoy me is, and and all that's right, and I do think the vast majority of degrees available, regardless of the institution at this point, are are a are a they're bad ROI. It's a bad financial proposition. That said, th- these individuals who hold this student loan debt are not victims. And I'm sick of hearing about it. They are grown adults who signed on the bottom line. Now, my wife, God love her. She's a genius. One day we'll get her on the podcast and everyone will understand that she is infuriatingly smarter than me. Um, She was valedictorian in high school. Whichever one's better between magna and summa cum laude, that's what she graduated from the honors college at at her college. She knocked out her MBA while she was on the missions field in Africa. She's a smart cookie. Now, she was... Uh, I was I was gonna say lucky enough, but because she worked her tail off, she she had scholarships and she had financial aids and things that paid for her undergrad, but not not so much the case for for masters. So there was some student loan debt involved in in getting the MBA, and like she relayed to me, I didn't have the experience because I don't have the overpriced piece of paper hanging on my wall. Um, but she she walked me through all the things you had to like watch or listen to or whatever to understand the process of the student loan before you signed for it. So we're we're in a situation where the same people who are telling us that uh, eighteen you should you should be able to vote at sixteen instead of eighteen that you should be able to de- determine something as as serious and consequential as changing your biological gender as young as the age of three is telling us that at 18 you can't be held responsible for the loan that you signed for i'm sorry no doesn't it doesn't it's not logical yeah that's your logic is spot on 
So we'll, we'll trust you at a younger age to vote. We'll trust you at a younger age to change your your gender. But, oh, it wasn't your fault. You were too young and naive to realize that the student loan that you signed for and the degree that you went for was not going to produce a job that would allow you then to make an income to pay off such debt. That will we'll let you slide on that one. Yeah, the the bottom line, listeners, listen. If you're if you're currently in school or you're thinking about going to school and you haven't yet picked a major, you don't know what you're going to get a degree in. Just go ahead and take a hard pass on anything that ends in studies. <laughs> Professor but Becca, I, am I wrong? I do want to say, I got a degree in education. It was my undergrad. So that's a marketable skill. However, I didn't, I quit teaching after one year in the Philadelphia public school system. And I've just worked my butt off. I don't make a ton of money. We were just talking about this this afternoon. I don't make a lot of money, but I am fine. Yeah. And I've always been willing to work hard. Uh, being a professor at a small Bible college, you don't have a great salary. I could leave and be making easily 20000 more for what I am qualified for with my degrees and, but I love my quality of life and I believe in higher education. So even though we're kind of mocking and trashing the student loans, I believe in what I'm teaching and what skills I'm imparting to students. And my thing is, if you are willing to work hard, just be responsible. Um, anyways, I, I do want to a little bit defend school. At the same time, I do have some students and I just think to myself, oh my goodness, um, I think maybe we should have gone part-time. You should have started part-time and worked. Yeah. Um, Degrees that lead to jobs that can pay back the debt is the important thing. It's the ROI, as he mentioned earlier. It's ROI. That's, that's the important thing. And if you, know, you rack up $200,000 worth of debt for a job that pays 30000 a year, then I don't think that was a good decision. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I mean, you didn't even go to college and you just did this all on your own. So I just, I don't think you have to go to school to have a great job, but I think you can just be aware of what you're walking into. Yeah. Well, I want to be clear that I'm, I'm not down on education or down on higher education. Now, um, I take some issue with the term higher education these days because we have so deflated our colleges and universities. Or deflated is the wrong word. So diluted uh, our colleges and our universities. It's so easy. I mean, if you're willing to grind, the money's so easy and the work is so much easier. It is not the standard that it once was. Um, it's you, It had to be dumbed down because we told everybody they had to be able to do it. And how else would you grow the industry? And if you don't do it, you're going to have a job, God forbid, with your name on your shirt. And that 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 is that's failure if you do that. And so, you know, you look at I'm right up the road from UCF, University of Central Florida. And we've talked about it here and you, it, they bounce back and forth with the highest enrollment in the country. You know, they're always right up there and sometimes they're number one. Um, they're somewhere north of 60,000 right now. And so you just look at you, you figure, OK, if you're if you're, you know, you're doing the easy math, breaking that down. So you're talking about they're graduating if their enrollment right now for undergrads is 60. I don't know how it all breaks down, uh, you know, undergrad, uh, you know, whatever the graduate degrees. But if you take that number 60, you figure they're cranking out 15,000 degrees in something that one school every year. 
Every, and so the more they, it's like, it's like baseball cards. We've talked about it on here before. The more they are, the less valuable they are. That's why, you know, the master's degree is the new bachelor's degree. It's not true in every industry, but it's true in a lot of them, but not, they're not all marketable. And it's not that I don't, I, I value education. I value knowledge. I value wisdom more. And I think that's part of what that system lacks now um, is, is wisdom. Um, you know, I don't think enough that the process is Socratic these days. I think it's regurgitation. Um, but it's, uh, you know, if you've got the money to spend, if you want to go study that thing that isn't marketable and you've got the money to spend and you're the type of person where you can't learn it yourself, you're not just going to the library, getting online, whatever, isn't going to do it for you. Okay, do it. Um, but I wouldn't take out a loan to do it. It's, it's, it's an investment. It's a financial transaction. And you know, this whole, the whole self-care and you're enough, whatever will tell you, Oh, invest in yourself. Well, sure. Invest in yourself, but invest wisely. Right. Yeah. I think that's very fair. Absolutely. And in a private industry, a company is not going to send an employee for training for something that's completely irrelevant to their job at hand. So, um, uh, and you can relate that to the higher education. So if, if it's a skill, if it's something that you're learning that you can't use, then what, what's the end result? What's the point of it? Yeah. So, well, I, I think of the sheer number of, of kids that end up and Becca, you can speak directly to this. Um, and for, for my, my own experience, this isn't polling. Your mileage may vary. I'm not trying to, I don't even know what would get me canceled in this situation, but seems like it's often females end up pivoting to, oh, I'm going to major in, in psychology. I, I just, I see and hear that a lot. Really? Yes. We talked, talked about the psychology degree. We talked about psychology. Of course we talked about psychology because I love psychology. But you can't do, with, as a, with, a, with a bachelor's in psychology, what can you do with that? Becca, you can't work with that alone. You could work in some social work fields with a bachelor's in psychology as you get your master's in clinical mental health or master's in social work. So you can get decent jobs. Um, that goes back to the ROI though, that was mentioned earlier, a four year bachelor degree in psychology to get a social work job. I don't believe produces an ROI that allows you to pay off such student debt that could be incurred during that time. Well, that's why us poor people date you rich people, darling. This <laughs> uh, just took a direction in a totally so. different way. He's like, it's over. Um, yeah. Okay. It's very, I, I agree with what Jordan just said. That's. And if your rich, significant other wants to pay out of their pocket for you to go study, you know, um, ancient tribal African uh, psychology for four years, by all means, because it's paid for by your own money. But but asking society to pay for your hobby, mm. I think, is irresponsible. Yeah, I think that's that's true. Because for me, you know, I'm a nerd. I love researching new yeah. things. Every night before bed, I, you know, what the questions that I had of the day, I'm researching, what does this mean? What does that mean? But I'm not going... Yeah, to a school and paying $70,000 for one year to study it. I'm researching it on my own. So, yeah, I think it... 
the reality is not just psychology. I feel a little attacked, kind of joking, kind of serious, but any undergraduate degree today means nothing. You need a master's just as if really, and it's a PhD that's going to get you anything. So, well, and that's, that's where that, that wasn't a, not, I mean, we, <laughs> you and I have had our discussions about my feelings about psychology and the field, oh, but it's not that I, that I see no value in it, but to me, it's just one of those degrees that stands out to me that that one actually sounds Markle. That one actually sounds like maybe there's a decent ROI there. It's, you know, um, it's, it's seen maybe as tangential to, to the medical field when the reality is you get that degree and you're talking low-paying entry-level jobs without anything else. Unless you're going to follow it up with the master's, unless you're going to follow it up with an LMHC, you're not going to make the money you think you're going to make with that bachelor's degree, licensed mental health counselor. Thank you. Yeah. And what I will say on this theme is, for me, I encourage my students actually to take summer courses at community college for their electives. And because your undergraduate degree doesn't mean a lot, it doesn't matter where you go. You don't need to go to an $80,000 a year undergrad. You go to your community college, go to your local state school. It doesn't matter anymore in today's society where your undergraduate degree is. I would even say your master's to an extent, depending on the specific field you want to go in, just go anywhere. So save your monies and do that. Yeah. In my opinion. No, I agree. I, you know, I've worked uh, a, a lot of different jobs at a lot of different levels, and uh, I just don't know anybody that's, that's particularly impressed, uh, employer-wise, that's impressed or shopping for a specific name on, on the degree. The, the requirement for the degree, especially, you know, something field-specific might be there, but unless you're rolling in with, uh, you know, an Ivy, and even then... Like they're so much more worried about their social activism than their than their rigor at this point that even that right. doesn't carry the weight that it once used to, you know. And so it's like get the degree where you can get the degree for as cheap as you can get the degree. Uh, you know, right. if you're if you're someplace where you get cheaper tuition for in-state school and you want to go out of state because you want the full college experience or, you know, I want to live somewhere new. Stop being a child. Welcome to adulthood. Um, don't pay any more for that thing than you have to pay for that thing. And then go prove yourself in the workplace. Because if you work circles around the kid who rolls in with the Ivy degree, you're going to advance beyond them. It might make it easier for them to get in the door, but then you have to do the work. And that's where the success come in, comes in. It's in the work. Yes, 100%. I agree. Yep. The degree will mean nothing for your advancement. Once once you're in, you'll, you'll prove yourself. And, and whatever organization you're with, so all that all that prestige and, and high debt that, that um, comes with it will mean nothing if you can't perform in the workplace. And, and it'll, it'll show. So it's it's going to be interesting to um, to see how this plays out uh, in November. You know, in a lot of states, we just had our primary uh, primaries here this past week in Florida, which I've talked about on here before. We've we've got closed primaries. It was really entertaining, um, even here in in Florida, um, going going to the polling place because even now, even with the way that Florida has dealt with the pandemic, and as far along as we are into this thing, there were. 
very obvious physical, outward physical identifiers at the polling place of who was there for the Democratic primary and who was there for the Republican primary. I'm just like, man, I'm, I'm at this point, I'm sad. I'm sad for people. I'm like, you, COVID broke you. The, the news broke you. The pandemic broke you. And you might, ne- I, I, I pray for you. I, you might never be coming back. Um, it's, it's just sad, but, uh, so voted, uh, the, you know, the big race down here at that point was for, uh, um, what's our congressional district seven, I think. Um, so wasn't my guy that won, but it was, it's kind of a wash. So, eh, whatever. Okay. Yeah. There were a lot of flyers floating around with people shaking hands with Trump or shaking hands with DeSantis. So, okay. There was one guy that uh, his his flyer said, and I think we need to do red flag laws the Florida way. I'm like, well, hey, bro, the Florida way is to have no red flag laws, so that's a big no. <laughs> like that's that's a swing and a miss in a Republican primary, dude. Uh, but so it'll be interesting to see how it plays out in November. This and a lot of other things, like what's you know what turns out more more votes the people who who are either happy about getting their loan forgiven or were are happy that they tried and mad that it didn't happen or the people that were that were ticked that they tried to get us to cover other other people's loan debt I, no idea i this this midterms uh, it was it was such a given and it's so muddy now it was the red wave was a given you didn't need to try you didn't need to spend uh, right. and, uh, between the abortion issue and, and now this, it's going to be a real interesting, uh, you know, midterm election for sure. Well, I think that it's Dobbs that's changed the game. Yeah. It was, it was a red wave and at least in Pennsylvania, I, th- I think it's something like 6,000 new voter voter registrations. Is that the number one? 6,000 something. And, 98% are de- for Democratic, than the Democratic yeah. Party. And they're women 18 to 25. Yeah. So in my mind, I don't know that Oz can win. And Fetterman can't even speak. He's still, like, from his stroke, not doing uh, what are fundraisers or leaving his house. Yeah. But he'll probably still... He's he'll, still pulling higher. Right uh, the- yeah, he's pulling higher. What the heck? Well, he's be- not and communicating and he's polling higher make it make sense yeah because he's running against a snake oil salesman who's a bit of a carpetbagger whose campaign is being run by amateurs that's why okay so this boy sitting next to me really likes him so give us give america right now your where, hot take. where am i wrong um his campaign Probably could be ran by different leadership. I will agree with you on that. Um, and it's certainly showing in the TV and radio and, and you know, his marketing department. Um, I have personally met him several times. In fact, we're, uh, I'll be with him on Tuesday for a very small um, informal group that will be with him um, at actually a friend's house. So it's a it's an intimate setting where you get to talk to him one-on-one um, and get a lot of questions answered. The one thing I feel that uh, Dr. Oz would bring to the table is he is a little bit more moderate of a Republican than some of the other individuals in other races in our state, which I hope will allow him to attract some of the much needed Philadelphia region that um, kind of wags the dog in our state, if you will. Um, he He's... With his background, you know, he his show uh, demographics, you know, reflect that. Um, he is 
uh, you know, a guy that came here. He's an immigrant. He's self-made. Um, well, and, 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 well and, okay. Yeah, ish. He's Oprah made. Okay, but he, he, he's not a, a trust fund or a lottery winner. So, you know, however he got there, he did get there on his own. And I think it's um, some, some of that's actually being used against him of, of the wealth that he's created, but he's created his own wealth. Um, but of course, the the other side the um, is going after that and, you know, his multiple homes and um, some of his lavish lifestyle. But again, you know, I think that's that's nothing wrong with the American dream. Um, to be able to come here from a foreign country and then be successful. Well, everybody's everybody's okay well, with. We're all okay with all of all of Bernie's houses. So you know. Well, sure. Yeah, <laughs> uh, he is sharp. Um, I think he does have a good um, feel on for, for being an outsider for what it does take to do the job, um, and I think he has enough conservative values that that he certainly is. You know, conservative at heart. Um, I know sometimes he gets mocked at, or you know that he's. He's too left to be right, but um, no, I think he has some core values. But I think he has enough leaning to the moderate side that makes him electable. Yeah, it, most of his show, you know, was women and minorities, which is to his great favor with Philadelphia and then Allegheny up in Pittsburgh. But you know, I'm I, I have a lot of left leaning tendencies too, like Dr. Oz. Well, so 63 of the 67 counties, I believe, in Pennsylvania typically are red. So it doesn't really matter who you run. Um, as long as they have an R by their name, they're going to get those votes. So I think who you need to win over is the the Ds that will vote R. Because any R is going to vote R because of obviously what's been occurring the last couple of years. So I think Oz brings that to the table. I think you know, he's certainly going to secure all the counties that are very obvious. Mm-hmm. So, you know, what we need is somebody that can that can pull some away from the other side and, uh, and attract those voters, which I think he's able to more than our other big contested race in our state is our governor race. And we have a pretty far right wing conservative candidate who some of the comments that he makes and some of his um, policy might end up backfiring and losing him any any bit of moderate voters. I just don't like I, I think uh, you know he was a candidate in search of a race like I don't what what are his Pennsylvania roots though? Um, what and that, that might be one of his downfalls. It's certainly looked at and attacked um, that he is a relatively new Pennsylvanian, but he is a longtime American. And given his capacity, you know, it, it'll be at a federal level. So I'm, I'm not going to hold that against him. Yeah. And um, I want to I th- I, I be clear. I, I'm no stand for the left. Like, I'm not looking to, to stump for the opponent. Uh, I just feel like Pennsylvania could have done better than us. I mean, it's what you've got. You've you got to work with it. That's what you got now. Um, I, well, I'm just, well, I, I'm, I'm just I, over subpar candidates at all levels. I'm just over it. I've, I've met just about, and again, on a, on a personal intimate level, just about all the major primary, um, Republican candidates that he beat in the spring. And there were some, um, solid contenders again, from my, um, analysis, I think anybody too far right, even though I might agree with some of their ideology, I think might be hard to elect in our state. So um, there were a few that I thought were were, were um, electable in the fall. And to me, that's obviously the most important thing, I think, because 
bringing out the best candidate out there, but if they're not electable when they're going up against the Democrat, then it means nothing. So out of all of the contenders, he probably does have the best chance to win it in the fall. Um, was there other candidates that I think might be stronger? Yeah, there was a, a really good guy, Jason Ritchie out of uh, Pittsburgh. Great guy, good friend, um, very solid uh, guy. But, you know, he, he his numbers didn't pull quite right. Uh, so, he you know, he ended up backing out. Um, Bill McSwain, who did ride it to the end, um, he was a, uh, a guy out of the Philadelphia region. So I thought that might work for him. But, uh, you know, he did go all the way through the election and, and came out um, actually third. Uh, Carla Sands, um, you know, spent a lot of time with her. So, you know, there, there's some very good candidates. Uh, um, but I think in the fall, again, in my opinion, I think Oz does have the best chance to win. And for, for me, that's that's what I want. I want, I want to be it's electable um, because the alternative would not be good for any Pennsylvanian yeah. to just Despite what the other side might think, uh, it would not be good for them in the long run. Well, you know, and, and maybe we'll leave it on on this because at this point, after mentioning all these personal meetings with these politicians, I, I do want to dig into you and just how fascist you are for the listeners. Uh, but you know, the, I, I I disagree in this sense is that I think this is. Um, I think this was or is the election where you can grab some of that moderate middle without having to pander to them as much because of the pandemic. Because when you've been in a metropolitan deep blue center like Philadelphia for two years and you got to sit back and watch your favorite restaurant close and maybe you did or didn't work there or where you work close or the business you own close or take hard hits. Um, you watched your kids get masked in school and the whole time it's not like you can't, you're not hearing that states like Texas and Florida are free and prospering and growing. I think this is the time to go, no, you've, you've voted that way and voted that vote that way and voted that way and you see what it got you and you see what voting the other way got you the grass really is greener over here. Why don't you come give it a go? And I think that the the conservatives, whether there's an R next to their name or not, I think that the conservatives need to be bold in the face of Dobbs, not afraid of it, not let them use it as a cudgel, but go, listen, here's the truth. The Supreme Court didn't ban abortions. They didn't make them illegal. What they did is say, you know what, Pennsylvanians, we think you can do a better job of deciding what's right for you in Pennsylvania than we can. It's in your hands now. So as Pennsylvanians, let's get together and do that. Let's decide for ourselves. Let's determine our own destinies. Let, and let, let's be free and let's go. And that's that's the tack. It's they need to turn Dobbs. It needs it's 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 an advantage. Dobbs is an advantage, uh, not a disadvantage. And they need to redirect the uh, the conversation to the issues that were causing everybody to feel like it was going to be a red wave. Anyways, it's funny watching the White House tout that oh gas is down for seventy straight days or gas is down a whole dollar. Right? Where was it at when you got it? What's inflation at now? What's China acting like now? What's Russia acting like now? How much does your pound of ground beef cost now? Right? Mm -hmm. Okay, yeah, you liked you you disliked that one Supreme Court decision. You know what? That's not on the ballot right now. I'm a senator. I'm not gonna I might get to confirm a justice, but I'm not gonna appoint them. I'm going right. to Washington to make sure this crap doesn't keep happening to us. Right. 
So we'll see. I, I I think it's I think this is a great opportunity to to pull some of the middle over without having to be a middle of the road candidate. Um, I think there's uh, you know I'm not going to get all scriptural about it, but I'm just not a big fan of lukewarm. And I think all lukewarm does is slow our descent, not stop it. And I'm looking for somebody to pull back on the yoke and point the plane upward, not slow the descent. Sure, that's fair, Carol. That's fair. So. We'll see. Again, you know, no, my candidates didn't win any primaries, so it is what it is. <laughs> so, uh, so, so let's 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 dig in here. Okay. Um, you know, as as we've said, your your dating life, your dating experience has been a, a common and entertaining topic here on the the Solid Seven podcast, and and we've upped it and actually brought the podcast to the date. Um, which which app brought about this fateful meeting? Uh, this would be Hinge. This was a Hinge match. I don't even know. How many are there? I don't even know this one. Oh, my God. Too many. I don't even know. I could I'm probably think of one. 10. There's so many. Yeah. I, there's I, Facebook dating. Like they have a built-in app on Facebook. There's, there's of course, the, the, the long-time, you know, um, match.com and the website-based ones. There's the, uh, you know, the, the Tinder and the Bumble, you know, the, which are the, you know, the biggest probably um, – app-based ones so and then you have you know your 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 especially ones like you know farmersonly.com and and, um christian christian mingle and stuff like that so there's 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 really a diverse a very big diversity when you think about it you know there's and there's still there's still um it still exists the the very old-fashioned where you would like call and this is more for like maybe like higher end executive people whatever where they actually have a professional service that matches you with like other you know, professional executive people that uh, via phone or in person, you know, where, where you actually have like a concierge uh, person to match you. Oh. So you have that, you have, you have the, of course, you know, yeah, um, the web-based, the app-based um, and yeah. And we met on Hinge and here we are. I, I swiped first. Okay. Um, she did. It was very obvious Jordan traveled a lot, which was, you know, as everybody knows on Solid 7, very attractive to me. I thought he was cute. So I swiped. And then I think it took you like a day to write back, maybe. Yeah, I mean, I don't check it on the the day. I obviously don't check it as much as you do then, if that was the case. All your matches out there in match land. I've not shown Jordan my Instagram. Uh, I have a whole thing on Instagram where I post all the amazing things that boys say and post in their pictures. <laughs> um, yeah, and I think we wrote for a while because we live pretty far apart. So we didn't meet till I was by, going. I mean, by, I'm not going to lie. Far by, bu- by buggy or motorized vehicle? <laughs> Both. Really far by buggy, but even far by motorized vehicle. Yeah, so I was going up on vacation in his area of the state. So we met, we were going to meet for a drink, and then my car started falling apart. This is actually, this is very cute. This is, this is day number one, by the way, but, but for all the listeners out there, you should not do and hop in the vehicle of a complete stranger <laughs> that you met through a dating app on day one, but Becca decided to, so I guess she trusted my, my voice. Well, we had been talking for so long at that point. I felt like it was more safe. Yeah, said all of Ted Bundy's victims, so. so yeah my car was literally making vietnam noises as i told him so he picked me up at the shop 
um, before I left civilization, I had the, the shop look at it and they didn't charge me. They fixed my car. didn't charge me sweet town where he's from. The people are good, good people. And then we had a drink and then you dropped me back off at the shop. And then two days later, you couldn't wait to see me again. So you asked to go out again. Before you left town, I figured I would seize the opportunity. And at that time, then we were able to probably talk more. And I think we had a really good um, evening that time. And that's probably what led it to continue. I hated it. But it was great, darling. What would you guys do? (laughs) We met at this really crappy dive bar because it's the only place up there and mind you when i she beat me there but when i walked in uh, you know several people knew me there so i think that that solidified things when i had street cred at a dive bar in the middle of nowhere central pennsylvania literally i mean this is about the cabin so i haven't showered in three days so i'm not looking cute and i walk into this dive bar and i kid you not Every single man at the bar turned and looked at me, and I did not look good. I'll just say that. Um, did they hold up scorecards? That's how I'm picturing it in my head. They did not, but I like I saw it, and the bartender was like, "Hey, can I help you?" And I was like, um, "I'm looking for someone. I'll be right back in." And then I ran outside, and by that point, he was parking. Praise God! And then we went in together, and yeah, he knew everybody in this random location you know oh how's joe schmo and his surgery but he knows everybody everywhere i mean on our first date when we just had that drink you knew everybody at that place too he just he, he it's a it's a small area even though it's a it's a big geographic area it's a small populated area so mm-hmm. so our first date to our second date mm-hmm. actually is is well over an hour drive apart so it's mm-hmm. a big geographic area but it's a small area so again uh for for listeners out there take your date to a dive bar <laughs> that people know you at and you will certainly have them eating out of your hand by the end of the night but then for our third date you pulled out all the stops the third date was Longwood Gardens. Yeah, super fun. Yeah, and lined it all up and had a really good yeah, time. Yeah, he planned everything. He said, I'm going to pick you up at this time. We had a nice lunch. We drove to Longwood Gardens, which I love. It's this big garden. Uh, there's this big fire, like water to music with firework display. And the prelude that, so before I, I met Becca on the third date, I actually met some friends of mine mm-hmm. that ended up... Um, <laughs> this will be funny. Just a second. I have to give, a, I have to give context. <laughs> Solid 7, go back and listen to the episode with my father. I don't remember which episode it is, because you, that will help set the tone for what Jordan's about to say. So, so, again, as Becca mentioned, you know, via buggy or motorized vehicle or even like a small aircraft, we're a, we're a good distance away. It's a solid, you know, two and a half hour drive. So I meet some friends of mine that live in her area that, that I've been longtime friends with. And um, so the, my, my good friend's wife says to me, so, you know, why are you down here today? Well, I'm, you know, meeting this girl that I've, I've met online and we've been, you know, kind of talking and then went on a few dates. And um, she said, oh, well, what's her name? And so, of course, as soon as I mentioned it, she actually um, worked um, with Rebecca's father and uh, d- didn't know Rebecca to say exactly, but, you know, knew that he had some, some, some kids. And um, so again, you know, there was that connection there and it actually kind of made me feel a little more comfortable as well. So we, but I'm not tipsy. we need to make an editorial correction here on the fly. Joe doesn't have some kids. He has all the kids. <laughs> the Strangarities. There's a lot of kids involved there. There's a, there's a lot. Yes. But um, yeah, much yeah, like, so- much like Elon, they are single-handedly fighting underpopulation. 
No, that's my siblings are doing that. My dad only has six. It's my only. siblings that are six. keeping the keeping Elon in check. But yeah, that was date three. Date four was also very fun. We went to a bar in Philly for drinks and then had a really fancy dinner at a Lebanese place. That was amazing. Which date four actually tied my record on the most number of dates I've gone out with somebody I met online because it usually seems to fizzle, at least in my case. And even talking to other friends that do it, it just kind of, it's fun for a time or two and kind of fizzles. So yeah, we, we went four, five, six. I think this is maybe number seven. So we were setting all kind of records in Jordan's dating land, um, personally. He even bought a ring, he told me. So things are getting pretty serious. That was a joke. I might have, yeah, that, that, that might be stretching <laughs> like, it a little me, bit. Let's be very clear. Is that was hot in here all of a sudden. <laughs> Crack a window. Uh, so, uh, Jordan, how old are you, buddy? Uh, Thirty-six. Which um, I'm actually two months younger than Becca, which makes her a cougar. Um, but yeah. No, we're, we're, know we're, this. We know this about Becca. It's, it's well known yeah. here in some some parts. Thirty-six. Uh, Becca's alluded to it. You're not poor. Um, I. I I'm able to live, you know, and do, do what I want to do, I guess. So I, I have a comfortable income that, you know, let, lets me travel a little bit. Let's, let's me go out to eat and do fun things, I guess. So, yeah. That, that whole statement was some serious rich people talk. <laughs> Every, everything about that was, was, was rich people talk. All right. So you're 36. You've got money. Uh, you're single. What's wrong with you? Um, Slightly weird. I think Rebecca can, at this point, certainly answer that way better. You than say it though. I want to hear from you. I'm just saying, like, like 36 money. Is there like a prehensile tail I can't see here on Facetime? Does a hand have extra fingers? What's going on here? Um, no, I just, you know, I haven't really been in the. I mean, I shouldn't say I haven't been in the dating scene because I've been on these these apps and stuff, but um, um, just. I don't know. We go, go on a couple of dates. Things just kind of fizzle and, you know, move on and I don't know, try again. And I do think to Jordan's defense, which I feel like is also my defense, because I, I feel that question myself is I think when you reached our age, there's also you prioritize certain things. So if a person you meet someone and they fit and it works well, it's great. But both of us love being single. I mean, I think that's why we're not exclusive is we're figuring out, do we actually like the other enough that we want to be together? What are we doing? Because like, I love being single, Like, I would love to be in a relationship, but I am not going to just date and marry someone because that's what you're supposed to do. And I think you are very similar that you love your life. You love what you do and nobody has fit into that. I think that's I think that's fair. I think it's fair for both of us. Mm-hmm. I could see this obviously going one of two ways. You know, we can continue dating and maybe things get more serious. Or I could see us just being, you know, friends at the end of the day and realizing that, you know, we both uh, have different paths. But, you know, that's, um, um, I see no negative of, of what's occurring now, at least. Are you breaking up with me? I did not break up with you on air. Okay, this, is, this is very romantic, what I'm hearing right here. This is... <laughs> We're both in that same place. I think that's, we've talked about that. Where that's a very, I'm not shocked by what you just said. I think that's where I've told at. you that many times. Like, if, 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 you know, so, so, you know, we are, you know, still on dating apps and talking to other people. Um, I guess when we're open about that. And if she would meet somebody that's more Mr. Right, 
I would certainly be encouraged, uh, encouraging her. And, you know, I can see us just, you know, casually going for dinner a year from now and, you know, catching up and, and, and still being friends in that capacity. If, if, if our relationship develops more, then, then so be it as well. You guys are fun. That, I mean, just, but, just cherubs singing in the background, just your, just your own little rom-com here. Yeah, I, I think that I would echo everything he said. We're... It's fun. This is really fun, actually. I'm having the most fun with the with recently with with some you know dating things. I guess you're actually smiling. Yeah, it has been very fun. We've done a lot of fun things, which has been great. Um, we we weathered four weeks not seeing each other. Yeah. So here we are, day eight on the podcast live with our Jocko's sitting in the Wawa parking lot. Mine's almost finished. You are the you are the first one to make it to the podcast. I don't know if that's a pro or a con. I don't know if that's that's I don't know if that's Becca going, all right, I'm ready to burn this one. But yeah, yeah. I'll bring him on and uh Bye. introduce you and see he you. Hasn't even met my family and he's meeting the solid seven listeners. No, I felt like this was a great opportunity because I know he loves talking politics. I mean that's part of why I like why I like you, him, whatever. And so I knew it would be fun. I knew you're really good and comfortable talking. Yeah, this is fun. This is a fun date. We should do more podcast dates. No, we're Sorry. we're gonna branch out and offer that service here at the Solid Seven Podcast. <laughs> it's uh, it's gonna be a dial a date, and uh, they all come on the podcast and spice things up. Yeah, I'll uh, and I will make things as as awkward as possible. So I didn't tell Jordan this, but one of my best dates ever, and going back to episode one that I was on, Kale and I talked about this. I think Kale took me on one of my best dates I'd ever had for a very long time, um, which scandalized a lot of Christians because yeah. you, Kale's married to one of my best friends, and we were picking her up from the airport, and so we went out to eat, and that was probably one, which is really sad, one of the best dates I'd had. <laughs> I keep trying to tell people I'm delightful, and I you know, they laugh. I don't understand why. You are. You're very, you can be very snarky. Uh, I like to give Kale crap. I think you would agree with him, though, on this, is that he thinks men have two emotions, three oh, emotions. I grant you three. Yeah, men have three emotions, but you're, 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 you're in that camp, too. Yeah. Thank you. Happy, angry, hungry. Yeah. And I'm probably hangry more than happy. But food always solves it, so it's okay. Food does solve it. No, Becca. But, Becca knows, of course. It's it's all in jest. I recognize there are more uh, emotions available on the spectrum. I just don't believe emotions get a vote. Feel them, that's fine. Just don't let them run you, as far too many people do these days, particularly the uh, male side of the species. Yes. So what is it that you do that you make just enough money to be comfortable and travel a little bit, uh, Jordan? He's a contractor. Uh, I'm that actually, was a joke. <laughs> no, uh, seriously, though, I'm, I'm in the adult entertainment industry. <laughs> so it allows me to travel and make a you know a comfortable income wow. and, uh, and have a lot of fun while doing it. Yeah. Wow. No, I was, I was worried I wasn't going to have any edits for this episode, so that's great. Yeah, yeah. That's oh, so we got to cut that out. Okay, sorry. Uh, business. Back to business. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm in the construction and real estate uh, fields. All right. How long have you been doing it? Uh, since I was 18. 
Well, the construction since I was 18, the real estate since 21, since I was 21. So, how's your relationship? As, as I told Becca initially, though, um, you know, so my, my, my job is pretty much I'm a scheduler in the construction world and I'm a property manager in the real estate field. He did say that. I was like, oh, you know, because to me, I, I screen by what you do. Not that I'm not going to go out with a boy that works at Wendy's. However, there are certain characteristics I've discovered that if you work at Wendy's, we're probably just not going to be a match. Yes. So it's not trying to be judgmental, but I only have so much time in a day to talk to people. So when we were initially talking, yeah, I said, oh, well, what do you do? And he's like, I'm a scheduler. And I'm trying like, wow, that's amazing. Like, hey, I didn't know they made, you know, that you could travel by being a scheduler. Anyways, yeah. then he, no, in your, sure. in your thirties, a man should have a career, not a job. Correct. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. All right. So, uh, and tell me about your relationship with your mother. <laughs> you think I'm joking. We're going through Kale's dating criteria here. This is serious business. Okay. Well, I have a great relationship with my mother. Um, I love her dearly. She's been very supportive my whole life. Um, we, we don't have a lot of the same interest. In fact, polar opposite so sometimes there's not much i guess to talk about um but you know i talk to her very frequently um uh, several times a week um she uh, likes to stay at home she's retired now her and my stepfather are both retired they like to work in her garden and go for walks in the neighborhood and as becca has alluded to you know i like to travel around the world and you know try new restaurants and meet people internationally and stuff so you know again you know uh Sometimes I've called her before and, you know, she said, oh, what are you doing today? Well, mom, I'm actually driving to the airport. I'm flying to Beijing. What are you doing? Oh, well, I'm picking tomatoes out of the garden. So, you know, that's just a different um, where we're at. But, you know, we get a joke out of it. And she, of course, being a homebody, does like to hear some of my travel stories, even though I self-edit how much I tell her sometimes. But um, nonetheless, she loves me and I love her. Interesting that you picked Beijing. Moving on. Uh, date, uh, date number eight. I think your math is a little different than Becca's. We can, I, I would like to start that controversy, but, uh, date number eight is scheduled with Becca. You have a lovely evening planned and your mom calls and she says, Hey Jordan, I could really use help with this thing this evening. Now it's not an emergency. There's, there's no dire consequences. It's not a medical emergency. Who wins? If it's not an emergency and I am, let's say, already en route to Becca, I think Becca would win. Um, if, if, again, you know, factor in that we have distance between us. If Becca is in my neighborhood, I might say, hey, Becca, let's start. Uh, let's go, you know, to my mom's and help her out quick and then go on a date. Okay. What pocket knife are you carrying right now? Very situational. None. And I own no guns, but I am pro Second Amendment. So no knives, nothing like that. No guns, no pocket knife. Interesting. Well, listeners, you draw your own conclusions from these answers, as as will I. I'll add on, as all Solid 7 listeners know, we all know where I stand on guns. So it's not a, uh, yeah. I'm not disappointed. On the wrong side, but you guys go out for a romantic, you guys go out for a romantic hike and there's a moose and no one can handle it. Well, unlike, unlike Rebecca, I'm ex-military, uh, so I'm very pro Second Amendment, I just don't personally own any, but I do enjoy, uh, you know, shooting them. All right. Not, we we buried the lead a little bit there. What was the branch? Uh, Army. 
What was your MOS? Uh, water treatment. I was in Army Reserve, so water treatment, which allowed me to, you know, develop my career while in the Army, less the uh, 11 months and 23 days that I spent in Iraq. The rest of the time that I was in, I was stationed right in my hometown. Isn't uh, uh, there a Pauly Shore movie based on him is. joining the Army and getting into water treatment? Exactly. The movie, actually, I get asked a lot. So great reference on that, but that is the water treatment. That movie holds up. And they were right, though, particularly in Desert Warfares. It's incredibly deployable. It very much as they, they, they need us. So uh, you deployed to Iraq. How many deployments? Just one. I was there for just, just uh, a year. And that was in 2006 to 2007. And with that MOS, I'm guessing most of that time was spent on base. That's a legit question, not a judgmental question. Uh, no, no, I, I was on base. I was on a, a very small base that was about a halfway point between the Kuwait border and Baghdad. So it, we, were, we, were, we were pretty much a glorified truck stop, if you will, where, you know, when the convoys were running from the Kuwait border, which is obviously, you know, um, a, a friendly uh, country. Uh, into Baghdad, which is where a lot of the heavy fighting was, they would stop, you know, refuel, um, rest, eat, you know, and and then continue on. So that's we were the, we were the truck stop um, on the main supply route between the two. All right. How long were you in? Uh, I was in for uh, uh, twelve years total, um, but you know, there's some inactive time that technically counts. Um, as far as my total time served, but I wasn't actively drilling. So I was only actively drilling for nine years. All right. Now you, you two are, are both on the dating apps. Uh, what, what, is, how, like, how is it you think you're going to do better than Becca on these apps that keeps you on them? Uh, well, it's not necessarily do better, I guess. Um, I, I really need to think of how I'm going to answer this one. Um, well, um, but you know, um, can we get closer? It, it, closer is certainly one of them, and I've let, let that Becca know. I mean, um, now Becca is closer to the last girl that I got close to, who, um, as I kind of hinted at earlier, is in China when I said Beijing. Um, so, so Becca's a lot closer than her. Um, but still, you know, we are, you know, two and a half hours apart. So it's not like, hey, what do you have to work? Let's grab a cocktail. It's not exactly. You know, it's not convenient. So, you know, if I come across somebody that's closer, Rebecca does as well, then I think, you know, that would not hurt to explore those options. You keep you keep dropping these little throwaway lines that are big things. The last girl was in China. This is a real Eric Swalwell moment here. Were you dating Fang Fang? <laughs> America needs to know what was going on here, Jordan. I, it, we all know China is after our construction secrets. <laughs> yeah, well, that, and that's what caused us to break up because I realized that she was actually a spy and she was spying on me on how to run a successful construction manpower business, which is what uh, I do. So after that, I, after I, I saw her going, perusing through my emails and looking at all my highly sensitive bid information, then um, I thought we had to end it. And there is a lot of sarcasm in that. Yeah, no, the solid, no, I, the solid seven listeners was, are well-versed in the sarcasm. Yeah. She was a professor as well. Did you hear that? So he's got a type. Yeah, she was actually a professor as well. Smart girls. Interesting. Interesting. Very. 
but I'm an equal opportunity dater. So it just happens that that's how the cards fell. Now, her and I met on a 16-hour plane ride from uh, Chengdu to New York City. When you sit next to somebody for 16 hours, I guess you get to know them. So that was not via dating app. Where you go to church? Uh, I actually bounce around uh, churches. I think Beck and I've had this conversation. So um, it's Christian Protestant churches, but um, I, I, I prefer to kind of not be in a church click. So there's about three that I go to, you know, and, and irregularly. I usually go once or twice a month. So really at once or twice a month divided by three churches, it's, you know, infrequent that the same church would see me too often. But you also live. So that's part of well, it. Well, yes. Yeah. All right. Well, I think I, I think I have everything I need, Becca. I'll submit my, my report as per usual via email. I hope Perfect. I wanna yeah. I wanna hear all the thoughts after the pod's out. Yeah, that's fair. And listeners, of course, will feel free to uh, to chime in of their of their own volition. So, you know, guys, you, we all know where to find Becca uh, on Instagram, and uh, I think it is. Um, not just appropriate, but necessary that you all chime, chime in with your own takes on, on this relationship. Run, run. <laughs> uh, well, a joint picture of both of us to post. Cause normally it's just me, but this was a joint podcast. Well, I guess we'll know. Um, I'll know, I'll know the judgment of you and the listeners based on if I'm ever on this show again or not. Oh, <laughs> yeah, so, uh, once upon a time, I would have been like, hey, sure, whatever. Anybody makes thoughts of a podcast, but the uh, the lineup's getting getting legit these days. So we'll we'll see. But uh, we are. I don't know. Becca, I don't know if I told you, like we're uh, the podcast is like completely in the black. And so I th- I think uh, it's, I think it's time to ship you a, a mic here. So we'll we'll figure that out. We'll, we'll go from the iPhone microphone and speaker in the in the Subaru, which hey rich guy, let's step it up to at least like an Audi, uh, but uh, to getting you an actual mic. She's been in my other vehicles as well. I've been in his other vehicles, but we were gonna look at Teslas today because I was in a Tesla for the first time on this trip, and I thought I was gonna lose my mind. Um, and there's one close by that he's considering, but then we it was literally tesla or the podcast and you went out so you should be so thankful solid seven sorry elon try to keep up <laughs> so well let's let's pivot to some some uh some space real quick before we return you guys to your regularly scheduled two-day yes. wedding date uh big things okay obviously elon's in the news for all kinds of things also turns out not surprisingly at all, because Elon makes a habit of being right, that Twitter is, in fact, a hot mess, as an inf- insider has informed us all. So that's that's fun. But, uh, man, they're back just on the verge of big things down in Boca Chica. So, listeners, if you, had, if you hadn't been keeping up with Starship or, had, like, it kind of cooled out there for a while with some of the governmental stuff. Like Booster 7 is sitting on the pad with all 33 engines on it. They've been doing spin tests. They're going to be doing some firing tests, Ship 24. Uh, it's not going to be SLS, which does surprise me, but I think they're going to go for an, an orbital launch sooner rather than later here. And it's just a monster rocket. And, well, they've been, so they use two launch pads out at KSC here in Florida, out at Kennedy Space Center. They use pad 39B, 
which used to be a shuttle pad, used to be an Apollo pad, but uh, that's where they launch their manned launches from uh, on Falcon 9 when they do them. Um, and they're, they're non-manned launches, some of them, but they're at 39B. They are building a starship tower. They will be launching starships from Cape Canaveral, from Central Florida, which is awesome. So that tower, it's massive, but it's nine sections in total, and they've got seven sections of it stacked. So the starship tower is now taller than the old shuttle service tower that's still at 39B already, and it's not finished yet. So crazy stuff going on. But so they're launching today where as we record, this was a little short notice today. So a quick turnaround here on the podcast, we're recording on Saturday. So, uh, they're actually launching a Falcon nine tonight. It's just almost not news anymore. Like SpaceX is averaged more than one Falcon nine launch per week this year. It's an insane pace. It's amazing. The fact that they're just like, they're just making rocket launches. They're just making space travel mundane is, is unbelievable. But, uh, two launch pads over from that Falcon 9 that's going to launch today sits NASA's SLS moon rocket that has already, as we're recording right now, started its countdown for its initial launch at 8.33 on Monday morning. So listeners, if you're listening to this on the day it releases on Monday morning before 8.33, it's not too late. You can, assuming no delays or scrubs, you'll be able to watch the initial launch of, of SLS, which again, I've got my issues with the prog- the, with the program, the delays, the cost overruns. Uh, I think Starship's just going to make it pretty obsolete pretty quick. And even at that, if this launch is perfectly successful, if nothing goes wrong, if there's nothing they need to revisit, it will be two more years before the next Artemis launch, before they try to launch astronauts on this. So the pace of the program is too slow. It's too expensive. But that said, there's a giant, giant freaking rocket sitting on a launch pad at Kennedy, ready to go. And I'm about that life. And we'll be at well, the Sunset Podcast. We'll, we'll be out there. Not at KSC. I did put in for press credentials. I did not get them. Thank you, government. Uh, but we'll be out there. And uh, who knows? Maybe I'll even do a little little live stream, a little a little uh, Instagram live from. Uh, it's probably not live anymore. It's just whatever. But so. It is live. And you sh- should do it. Well, that would be incredible. It was, I love it. I guess it was Instagram TV, right? Now it's now it's live. I, it's live. I don't know what it used to be, but it's live. Yeah. So... Yeah. So not sure awesome. how much you guys have been keeping up with space or the listeners. We haven't hit on space a ton here lately because we've had some specialized guests and it's, but it is, it is popping off. And so right after this, I mean, Starship will launch sometime most likely between Monday and September 5th, if it doesn't go on Monday um, or SLS will, but Starship is right on its heels with an orbital launch. And it's just a, a big deal. Starship's capable of over like a hundred thousand tons or kilos to orbit i mean it's just insane but in the wow. but in the meantime sls will be the most powerful rocket in the world more powerful than saturn 5 most powerful rocket that uh that nasa's ever built and in the meantime nasa's james webb space telescope is killing the game returning incredible science and very 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 interesting returning some data and some images of the oldest and earliest formed galaxies in our universe that we've ever seen. And they're getting data back that doesn't jive with the big bang theory. Crazy. I mean, that really is a big freaking deal. It is a big freaking deal. It's cracking. 
they're expected the expectation was that these very very young very very early galaxies in the formation of the universe would be very mm-hmm. would be very disorganized that they would see a lot of red shift with them or that light's been traveling towards us presumably they would they would tell us for like 13 billion years or something like that, maybe 12 billion years, because they figure these galaxies formed around a billion years after the theoretical Big Bang, but instead they're not seeing as much redshift as they thought they would, and they're actually seeing very well-formed galaxies, and they can't understand how those galaxies organized themselves quite so well in such a short period of time after Mm -hmm. the Big Bang. Also getting data that maybe the universe isn't expanding either quite as fast or in quite the way that we thought. I've been saying I'm no scientist. I'm no physicist. I'm no, I'm no nothing. I'm a thinker, but there's a reason I was so hype about James Webb on the podcast. that was launching. I said on this podcast, I talked to our, our physicist and electrical engineer buddy, uh, 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 Jason Carterelli. I'm like, I, I think we're going to see like James Webb's going to change the narrative and we're, it's it's going to change the science. We're going to learn things we didn't know before. And this thing's been operational for six weeks, two months now, and already mm-hmm. it's it's crazy. So cool stuff going on in space and space travel. Listeners, if you're not into it, if you're like, ah, oh, that's nerd stuff, I'm telling you. Get out, get out to one of these rocket launches. You there's there's you can go out to Wallops in Virginia. It doesn't have to be Central Florida, but come here, visit the mouse, then go catch a rocket launch. There's launches out at Vanderburg in California. There's all kinds of places these days you can catch a rocket launch. It's cool on TV. It's cool online, but mm-hmm. it's like it's like racing. People are like, oh, a bunch of guys going in a circle over and over again. Go hear the cars, feel the rumble, watch it, and try not to be a fan. Go to a rocket launch. Try to call it nerd stuff. I dare you. It's it it's cool stuff. It's exciting. It's the next frontier. It is. Yeah. And it's very in the words of our vice president, space. It's exciting. <laughs> and we're gonna go there with astronauts. So but I love it. Well, Becca, Jordan, thank you for, for doing this, for taking a little break from the, the wedding festivities, from the naan and the curry and the, uh, the what's the, the Bollywood dancing? Has there been Bollywood dancing? Oh, yes. So much. And you've been all about it, haven't you? I have been all about all of it. You've dancing. been straight up Michael Scott out there on the dance floor, just working it. You should grab a mic at the end of everything and sing them his Diwali song from The Office. I think they'd like that. Well, Jordan ran inside because, as I said, he's needing to get another outfit because we he didn't plan as many um, as he needed because this has just been insane. So he's ran in. So what he doesn't know is I plan to do a full on Michael Scott and get the microphone tonight from the DJ and propose just uh, like Michael why did. Not? I think Jordan's going to go for Listen, it. Crap, we're not from conversation. Yeah. He's so into me. Yeah, it's going to. Yeah, no, he's clearly head over heels and just lost himself in love. Oh, so funny. Well, hopefully uh, I wasn't I wasn't too hard on him. I was obviously having some fun as at his expense. Though a number of those things for a long time I spent a lot of time around like we had a big internship program where I was working. You know, and there were young girls and they're trying to find the loves of their life. And I'd ask very similar questions like mm-hmm. for these younger girls in particular, has he had the same job for at least two years? Um, everybody laughs at the pocket knife question. I'm very intentional about the pocket knife question because it's not about being a defense guy. It's not about being a Second Amendment person. It's not about being cool. Carrying a pocket knife or I would even settle for a multi-tool 
indicates a desire to be prepared and useful. And I think that's important in a partner. And that's why I ask that question. I think it's very telling. Yeah. To his defense, he has a whole kit right behind me in his backseat. But no, I want your for real hot takes when we get off the pod. But he was fine. He was laughing. I could tell he really liked it. He had some genuine smiles, which was cute. Well, that was a good time (laughs) and he was a good sport. And uh, perhaps... Uh, you know, perhaps we'll share my whole breakdown on Patreon. <laughs> okay. I love uh. Do you need me? No. Okay. <laughs> anyway, no. we're saying goodbye. Yeah. He needs my for the for the pants. So Thanks for having us, Solid 7. It was great. No, appreciate so- you doing this, as as always. Always a good time. There's a reason you're our most regular, regular, and will continue to be so, even as the big names roll in. Oh, thanks, Kale. So, thanks. Well, Jordan, thanks for being a good sport. Listeners, thanks for sticking with us, as always. We uh, appreciate you. And uh, we're moving up. The, we're switching the ads around some. I've moved some to the end. So I'm also trying to shorten up the support at the end since I'm going to subject you to the ads there. But hey, stick around for them. Man, the the companies that are our affiliates and that sponsor us are, are good companies or I wouldn't be involved with them. So check them out. But stop by the website, solid7podcast.com, solid7podcast.com. There's always links to our latest episodes. You can now go on there and buy me a Jocko Go, just a cute little way to support the pod but uh, you can find links to to our affiliates and our partners you can find links to some good causes to some go ruck events uh, find us on social media and even become a patreon supporter if you're so inclined if you're rolling in dough from say like running some sort of construction and or property management company you've got money burning a hole in your pocket uh, then you certainly join at the ten dollar level for which we will ship you a better than average coffee mug from which you can drink your Jocko goes. So listeners, we love you and appreciate it. Becca, Jordan, thank you guys so much. Enjoy the rest of the, uh, the wedding. Jordan, don't screw it up. And uh, listeners, we'll catch you on the flippity flip. See ya. We're Bye. out. Bye. The Solid 7 Podcast is a proud affiliate of GoRuck. GoRuck designs and builds the toughest gear on the planet, tested and proven at thousands of GoRuck events held all over the world and led by current and former Special Forces combat veterans. The GORUCK brand stands for Building Better Americans, the Special Forces Way of Life, and a life-or-death approach to building the world's toughest gear. Visit Solid7Podcast.com and click on the GORUCK link to learn more about their gear and events. And a portion of every purchase and every event registration you make will go to support us here at the Solid 7 Podcast. (laughs) 